listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Do you smell that? That's 2021. That smells pretty fresh. That's a nice. That's a nice smell. We're podcast. in it when this is released. <laughs> this is one of these great uh, time travel podcasts mm-hmm. where we're right now in 2020. But when you listen, you'll be cruising in 21. I have already. I've already kept all of my resolutions, all of my revolutions. I'm trying to have a list of both this year and get. Just get weird in 2021. Usually I do goal setting. Yeah, usually Mm. I do goal setting. But I think for this, it'll just be, be okay. Just be okay. I think think people's (laughs) goals are going to not be like, get fit. They're going to be like, just make it through the day. Let's let's make it through the day. My copy of The Secret is like very short for this year. It's just like, (laughs) actually, you know what? I'm just going to manifest like being around (laughs) a nice afternoon. Yeah. Let's uh, maintain sanity. Oh, gosh, these resolutions are going to be super sad. <laughs> Speaking of something that's not sad, but exciting. Oh, go on. <laughs> that's a 2021 tight transition. We have a guest right here in the virtual studio. I, I've wanted to have her on the podcast since the idea was birthed. I told her about it. She was a friend I told about this early on. Mm. She is... The the coolest, the greatest. She's like one of those friends where when you're spending time with her, you're like, oh, I really like this person. And then you find out she's secretly a superstar. So basically, she's Hannah Montana in human form. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Mari. Hannah Montana. <laughs> it's me, Miley. <laughs> it's Hannah Montana. I feel like that's how I view you as a person, Mari. Two I view people? you as like... <laughs> no, I view you as like Hannah Montana, like you're just a grounded, cool person. And then sometimes I remember you're also a rock star. Uh, no, it's it's no, you're 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 making me sound yes. way cooler than I actually am. Can you I think, tone it down a little? <laughs> we can put it. We can I put it in the tone down way. filter. Yes. <laughs> have a couple yes. Of, okay. Take a couple of out of the intro. I just met you four minutes ago, so I can also. Uh, <laughs> From what I know of you, you also seem really great. There's no <laughs> like, like you are the most normal person. I don't know what Hannah's talking about. No, but I think Will would think she's normal because by day she's just yeah. making her way through making her way was it middle school or high school? <laughs> making her way downtown. Walking fast, yeah. Driving fast. Oh, she's walking fast. Oh, she's walking, not driving. Mari, thank you so much for coming on Pawnee Public Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really stoked to do this with y'all, and you guys are great. <laughs> uh, this is one of, if not my favorite episode of the pre-Adam Scott, pre-Chris Traeger. I just used character name, actor names mixed up. I think it's one of the best early episodes of of Parks and Rec, frankly. I love it. I think it's got so much heart. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely interesting watching it now. You know, it's like with, with mm-hmm. the 2020 lens, I think watching uh, a lot of shows from a while ago feels a little bit different. And um, yeah. but but you can still put a lot of the things that you're going through and all these things like with and relate it back to the show. 
yeah, well, watching is it with the 2020 lens really... is also like, don't stand so close together for a group photo. <laughs> it's like my eyes look at that. <laughs> hey, at least they're spending time outside. Yeah, it's a little bit safer. Or you say, Hannah. Nobody had masks. <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> um. Yeah, we've been, it's been interesting going back and looking at like Tom's behavior often and certain mm. characters through a more modern perspective of how we view things. I think this episode, at least, uh, Leslie gets, you know, the people that suck clearly suck this episode. So it's, it's I think it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who's sexist and won't stop talking about her period is clearly awful. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's no, oh, but he's actually redeeming. No, he just stinks. It's so interesting to see, like, if if this, um, if the if the marijuana conversation was happening in 2020, so how different, different that would be. Yeah. I thought this guy I actually like, although him planting marijuana in the public parks was a little too far. But <laughs> let's just jump into it. We watched season two, episode 20, Summer Catalog. And what we usually do on Pawnee Public Radio is we break it down into the A story and the B story just as a way to to get us into it. So we've we've been watching this through sort of a writer's perspective. Yeah, and I know we also we talk a lot about wanting the show to feel like I think Parks and Rec is a great show to just chill out and watch with your friends. Um so uh, I, I'm kind of curious right before we dive in, Mari, like what's your background either with watching the show just as just as like a fan of of Parks and Rec? Like wh- how are you kind of coming to the material? I'm a very, very late Parks and Rec fan. I'm a huge Office fan. And mm-hmm. and by by being an Office fan, a Greg Daniels fan, a Mike Schurz fan. Um, but I was very late to to Parks and Rec. I think I watched my first watch through this past year like early this year um and i just kind of sat on it for no other reason than because i have a perpetual um like uh playthrough of the office like as soon as the last episode goes in the office i just restart it from the beginning i'm just Mm -hmm. one of those people um and and at some point this year i think i want to say it was like february march or something like that it was pre-quarantine um i i i sat through the entire uh library of parks and rec within like a couple of weeks Whoa. That's awesome. But I feel bad that you binged it right before you needed bingeable TV. No. I mean, good thing. I mean, there's there's zero um, shortage of things to binge. Um, I'm sad to say yeah, I got into true. 90 so Day Fiance during, during quarantine. That was um, a, that That's was a, not sad at all. That was a low <laughs> moment. I, it was a lot of 90 Day Fiance. It was years no. of catch up. 90 Day Fiancé is fantastic television. And if you want to check out my current takes of 90 Day Fiancé, I guessed it on RHAP's post-show recaps. I talked for over, I think we did over two and a half hours on the latest 90 Day Fiancé episode. I recently watched 90 Day Fiancé with my new puppy. And she went crazy when there were dogs on screen because there is a farm in this new one. Uh, And so me... Uh, and my puppers both are huge 90 Day Fiance fans. Your, your puppy's like, there's representation. I see myself in these characters. <laughs> she felt seen. I also realized uh, 
I did not give any sort of bio beyond you being Hannah Montana. So if you want to fill in the gaps of what you've been up to so that Will and all the listeners, Mari is a superstar on the internet. She's a Twitch game streamer. Uh, You can check out, she had a show on Quibi. She's incredible. I don't even know where to start. Oh, thank thank you. You're listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Ooh, do you smell that? That's 2021. That smells pretty fresh. That's a nice. That's a nice moment. We're podcast. in it when this is released. <laughs> this is one of these great uh, time travel podcasts mm-hmm. where we're right now in 2020. But when you listen, you'll be cruising in 21. I have already, I've already kept all of my resolutions, all of my revolutions. I'm trying to have a list of both this year and get, just get weird <laughs> in 2021. Usually I do goal setting. Yeah, usually mm. I do goal setting. But I think for this, it'll just be, be okay. Just be okay. Yeah. I think, I think people's <laughs> goals are going to not be like, get fit. They're going to be like, just make it through the day. Yeah. Just, let's, let's make it through the day. My copy of The Secret is like very short for this year. It's just like, (laughs) actually, you know what? I'm just going to manifest like being around (laughs) a nice afternoon. uh, (laughs) Let's uh, maintain sanity. Oh, gosh, these resolutions are going to be super sad. (laughs) Speaking of something that's not sad, but exciting. Oh, go on. (laughs) That's a 2021 type transition. We have a guest right here in the virtual studio i i've wanted to have her on the podcast since the idea was birthed i told her about it she was a friend i told about this early on Mm. she is the the coolest the greatest she's like one of those friends where when you're spending time with her you're like oh i really like this person and then you find out she's secretly a superstar so basically she's hannah montana in human form uh, please welcome to the podcast, Mari! Hannah Montana! <laughs> it's me, Miley. <laughs> it's Hannah Montana. I feel like that's how I view you as a person, Mari. Two different I view people? you as like, no, I view you as like Hannah Montana. Like you're just a grounded, cool person. And then sometimes I remember you're also a rock star. Uh, no, it's, it's, no, you're 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 making me sound yes. way cooler than I actually am. Can you I think tone it down a little? <laughs> we can put it. We can I put think it in a toned down way. filter. Yes. Have a couple, yes. Okay. I'll take that. Out of the yeah. intro. I just met you four minutes ago, so I can also, uh, from what I know of you, you also seem really great. There's no <laughs> like you are the most normal person. I don't know what Hannah's talking about. No, but I think Will would think she's normal because by day she's just yeah. making her way through. Making her way was it middle school or high school? <laughs> making her way downtown. Walking fast, yeah. Driving fast. Oh, she's walking fast. Oh, she's walking, not driving. Mari, thank you so much for coming on Pawnee Public Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really stoked to do this with y'all, and your guys are great. <laughs> uh, this is one of, if not my favorite episode of the pre-Adam Scott, pre-Chris Traeger. I just use character name, actor names mixed up. I think it's one of the best early episodes of of Parks and Rec, frankly. I love it. I think it's got so much heart. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely... 
interesting watching it now. You know, it's like with, with mm-hmm. the 2020 lens, I think watching uh, a lot of shows from a while ago feels a little bit different. And um, yeah. but but you can still put a lot of the things that you're going through and all these things like with and relate it back to the show. Yeah, well, watching is there it with something the that felt really like don't stand so close together for a group photo? <laughs> it's like my I still get that. <laughs> hey, at least they're spending time outside. Yeah, it's a little bit safer. What were you saying, Hannah? Nobody had masks. <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> um. Yeah, we've been. It's been interesting going back and looking at like Tom's behavior often and certain mm. characters through a more modern perspective of how we view things. I think this episode, at least, uh, Leslie gets you know the people that suck clearly suck this episode. So it's it's. I think it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who's sexist and won't stop talking about her period is clearly awful. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's no, oh, but he's actually redeeming. No, he just stinks. It's so interesting to see, like, if, if this, um, if the, if the marijuana conversation was happening in 2020, so how different, different that would be. Yeah. I thought this guy I actually like, although him planting marijuana in the public parks was a little too far. But <laughs> let's just jump into it. We watched season two, episode 20, summer catalog. And what we usually do on Pawnee Public Radio is we break it down into the A story and the B story just as a way to to get us into it. So we've we've been watching this through sort of a writer's perspective. Yeah, and I know we also we talk a lot about wanting the show to feel like I think Parks and Rec is a great show to just chill out and watch with your friends. Um so uh, I, I'm kind of curious right before we dive in, Mari, like what's your background either with watching the show just as just as like a fan of of Parks and Rec? Like wh- how are you kind of coming to the material? I'm a very, very late Parks and Rec fan. I'm a huge Office fan. And mm-hmm. and by by being an Office fan, a Greg Daniels fan, a Mike Schurst fan. Um, but I was very late to to Parks and Rec. I think I watched my first watch through this past year like early this year um and i just kind of sat on it for no other reason than because i have a perpetual um like uh playthrough of the office like as soon as the last episode goes in the office i just restarted from the beginning i'm just mm-hmm. one of those people um and and so at some point this year i think i want to say it was like february march or something like that it was pre-quarantine um i i i sat through the entire uh library of parks and rec within like a couple of weeks Whoa. That's awesome. But I feel bad that you binged it right before you needed bingeable TV. No. I mean, good thing. I mean, there's there's zero um, shortage of things to binge. Um, I'm sad to say yeah, I got into ninety so days fiance t- during during quarantine. That was um, a that that's was a, not sad at all. That was a low <laughs> moment. I, it was a lot of ninety day fiance. It was years no. of catch up. 90 Day Fiancé is fantastic television. And if you want to check out my current takes of 90 Day Fiancé, I guessed it on RHAP's post-show recaps. I talked for over, I think we did over two and a half hours on the latest 90 Day Fiancé episode. I recently watched 90 Day Fiancé with my new puppy. 
And she went crazy when there were dogs on screen because there is a farm in this new one. Uh, and so me uh, and my puppers both are huge 90 Day Fiance fans. Your, your puppy's like, there's representation. I see myself in these characters. <laughs> she felt seen. I also realized... Uh, <laughs> I did not give any sort of bio beyond you being Hannah Montana. So if you want to fill in the gaps of what you've been up to so that Will and all the listeners, Mari is a superstar on the internet. Oh She's a Twitch goodness. game streamer. Uh, you can check out, she had a show on Quibi. She's incredible. I don't even know where to start. Oh, uh, thank, thank you for that intro, She's Hannah. a YouTube I, celebrity. Oh my gosh. I feel like you're... You're you're pumping it up so much. Uh, basically, I've I think been it's on YouTube and creating content for ten years now. So I started nice and early, got in on the on the on the ground floor, as they say. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's been gaming for about eight years on YouTube, and that's just kind of segued into Twitch this year because of quarantine and just being able to work out of a home studio. Uh, and, and that's led me to some really, really fun things like, uh, like Hannah mentioning hosting on Quibi and hosting for Twitch and, uh, the, the tie that Hannah and I have is that we were both on Survivor. We were on Deal or No Deal together. Yes, Deal or No Deal. <laughs> we both. That's what we call it on this show. We were both on Deal or No Deal. And when I voted Mari off Deal or No Deal, my YouTube likes to dislike ratio were really messed up for a while. <laughs> Abysmal. I was getting like I was getting like 95% likes before Mo the Mari episode and then after I think I was at half and half if not less it's a good ratio it, well good deserved ratio. well deserved you know? uh, I feel yeah, like Survivor and, and I Survivor and video games are like parks and recreation that like checks both of those boxes it's like recreation <laughs> you're yep. like our expert in both <laughs> I don't know about an expert, but man, I <laughs> the Survivor was rough. It was it, season thirty three. Go watch it. <laughs> it's on Hulu. Um, but yeah, uh, I just figured we'd give everyone uh, a little bit of bio for the listeners that are listening. I'm a new mom right now, so my brain. I have a bit of new mom brain. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't slept in a week. Uh, and uh, my pupper is the best, and I love her a lot. But uh, we're going to podcast, and I'm going to podcast with new mom brain. Is, isn't your so sleep every much better, though? Like, the sleep that you're getting, isn't it much better because you have a dog? Not yet. I have not reached that stage. <laughs> she is she is not a fan of not being with me while sleeping. Mm. I sleep on the couch. She's been... It's a whole thing in this pen, but she does not like, she's newly, she, new environment. So she's been barking quite a bit throughout the night. I, I'm sure I'll get there at some point, but that is not where my sleep is at right now. Podcast listeners, you should know that currently I am seeing Hannah uh, on Zoom and she is wearing mm -hmm. fake glasses. She has... They're Zoom filter glasses, but they look just like my real glasses. There's a lot of like Hannah Montana theme... Here. <laughs> like simple, simple disguises. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. I've never seen anyone put on the the um the glasses filter as a as a real thing. Like it's usually like a joke. Like haha, look at this funny filter. But you're wearing it as like for real. <laughs> yeah, full time. They're prescription actually. I'm it's a, a prescription new mom. <laughs> new mom. Yeah, new mom covers everything as an excuse. It's a new mom thing. So good. Um, 
But Summer Catalog is what brings us together today. Yes. Uh, again, one of my f- all-time favorite episodes in uh, seasons one or two. Uh, I've been hyping this up for a couple episodes now, saying I'm just so excited to get to Summer Catalog. I'm excited to hear and- why, and, and we don't have to discuss this now until we, we've gone through the, what happens uh, in the episode, but I'm very, very excited to see why this is one of your favorite episodes. I'm curious. And yeah, I'll I'll preface why, and then I'll jump into more details once we get into the story. But I just think uh, Parks and Rec for me is like, it's like returning home. I've rewatched it so many times. And so I think so much about this episode is what is at the heart of Parks and Rec, which is just these relationships. And instead of, you know, insane events happening this episode, we just, you know, it's all just relationship deepening and building and... It's everything that I think the show will become. I think some of the season, season one and season two, uh, we've just rediscovered being really fun. It gets shit on a lot by people like, oh, you got to start Parks and Rec like when Chris and Adam come. Uh, again, one character name, one actor name. But uh, I think this is, you know, sometimes in season one or two, it's just like, you know, they'll bring in a guest host and it and they won't end up and in this there are fun guests, but they they build on the relationships within our core cast. Um plus it's like it's it's April and Andy falling in love more. It's Ron and Leslie distinguishing their work relationship. It's just it's just a really sweet episode. Th- and uh I just love it. Yeah, I think for me a thing I was just thinking about is that Everyone loves a good, I know you're a huge Office fan, but everyone just loves a good will they, won't they? And I think this episode in particular has a they will, they won't, they will pattern <laughs> that just feels so rewarding of ending on a hopeful note, but giving us that feeling of of maybe being reminded that that falling in love is a long shot for these two people. Um, and I think that just, to me, that's comedy is having all of these really funny moments, but also having them right next to just such tenderness and such kind of like... Um, yeah, just such a vulnerable moment for a character who's not good at being vulnerable with April. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. there's like, there's so many small moments about like why they work. It's like, it, you know, if we're going to talk about the office in parallel today, it's like, well, why do Jim and Pam work? Well, it's the tiny moments. It's her trading in the iPod to get the teapot. You know, that's like such a kind thing. It's him making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. For me, like that, it like, April and Andy setting up the picnic and April trying to be sarcastic and Andy not getting offended, but taking it so genuinely. And you just watch on her face. I'm try- I'll am i look for the exact line <laughs> uh, as we start, but you just watch on her face like she does her thing. He just is like, oh, really? And she just softens and watching her just soften. It's like it's the... Uh, it's the it's the Jim and Pam. It's the it's the falling of it. And this episode has that juxtaposed with this like really funny gaggle of weird men <laughs> and you know building of the town i just think it's a great and even the b story we'll get into that too i think um finally addresses certain things that aren't working mm-hmm. won't they, um, but let's you, you know i've teased <laughs> yeah. i've te- i'm going to look for the line well will will you can lead us in while i look for the exact line i'm talking about with uh, april and andy but yeah let's start it off well, what's the a story the A story, first we get a sweet little cold open, which is just going to warm us right up into getting started. We start with the raccoon hat. 
um, kind of Chekhov's raccoon hat. So, you know, if you see a raccoon hat, it will be used somehow in, in the world of the story. Um, so Tom sees Ron wearing this hat and spends the next three minutes uh, trying to pick up women in the hallway of his workplace. Um, and uh, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go great. Even with I Donna helping. Say, who, yeah. <laughs> I always think that Tom is at his best when he's failing. Yeah. Because I think he is one of those characters that looking back, you're like, ugh. <laughs> but when he's failing hard, it that's where I think it's funny. Yeah. That it doesn't work. Um, and then when, like the pure animal magnetism just immediately switches on when Ron puts on the hat. It's like immediately. Yeah, what is it? He's like, thank you, ma'am, is what yeah. he just says. <laughs> she just kind of lingers so in the hallway. <laughs> I also found the line. We'll skip ahead and then it will be put into context. It's um, April is setting up and he's like, I should write a song about a picnic. And she sarcastically goes, oh, where'd you come up with that? And he goes, this picnic we're having. <laughs> and that's when she softens for the listener who wanted, was waiting they on the line. They just couldn't wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just couldn't wait. We're stepping ahead. That's a big enough yeah. teaser to say that. A story, it's a picnic. Leslie's throwing a picnic for, the, for all of the still living uh, parks directors of the Pawnee Parks Department. Former, yeah. yeah. And it's going to go in the, uh, what's the magazine? Not Vogue, because they don't get Vogue in Pawnee. It's just the summer catalog. (laughs) I love this detail that they don't get Vogue. I'm like, I I can't imagine. Did you have Vogue in your small town, Will? So Will is from a small town in Arkadelphia. Did you grow up in a small town, Mari? Uh, I I grew up in a town in a big city, if that makes sense. Mm. It was like a town part of a bigger city. So did I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We had Vogue. Whoa. So did we. We Did Arkadelphia have Vogue? You guys had Vogue? That's how we should have started this. Hi, my name is Will. I did not have Vogue. (laughs) What an icebreaker. Um, You could find it, but it wouldn't be at the barbershop. It wouldn't be like a discarded magazine. You would have to really subscribe. You know, it wouldn't just be around. Mm. Maybe you could rent it from the library. I'll ask my but idea. because they don't have Vogue, they they're treating this summer catalog like Vogue. They have all the pages. We have another Dennis Feinstein reference, which uh, is a character we'll meet. I love that they plant the seed for him for many episodes before we meet them. And the big the big discussion is they need uh, a title photo because Jerry took uh, the photo of a baseball game with Morgan, the pedophile. He didn't realize, and I love the moment where he's like, "Oh no, I went to lunch with him." <laughs> I think April has a great line. I, I think I think uh, Jerry says like, "Okay, I'll try to Photoshop it." And April has this line. It's such a zinger. She's like, "Can you try to Photoshop your life, Jerry?" <laughs> <laughs> it's not the exact line, but it's such a zinger. And I, oh gosh, her writing is so good. Yeah, I love it. yeah. Aubrey Plaza's writing is great. But we're really into Aubrey Plaza's subtle, soft looks here. (laughs) I Um, think you enjoy them both. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's great. Um, Yeah. So they're trying to, they need a new title photo. And Leslie's idea is she'll take a photo of all the former Parks Department directors and then write a welcome letter about how wonderful they all were. Mm -hmm. It's also just, it's a really fun, it feels like the, the characters and the actors get to kind of play different versions, especially Tom of like, he's kind of playing at a madman, like madman kind of, you know, pitching this magazine. Um, And it also sort of just, it feels like a writer's room, like just the way the wall looks. I I think it's fun to have 
I love whenever there's a good project. I loved his line that he loves ads, that he skips through the TV shows to get to the ads. I feel like as a character, you could, you could know that. I think his filter, I just like Tom's moments that he's not creep is not the only definition of Tom Haverford. (laughs) Yeah. He's like a very specific character. I think Tom in this, you see him floundering so much to find himself when Ron and Leslie are so sure of exactly who they are. And, Mm -hmm. And and totally. Tom is like the I, I I see so much of myself in him sometimes where where he's just kind of like oh. he's he's looking for the thing where he's like I'm an entrepreneur I I'm I'm this and that and it's like I think for at least you know for our generation for a lot of millennials there there have been so many words thrown around of like what successful people are or who successful feel people are and I think Tom is constantly grasping at what he thinks is like the the right thing or the 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 thing that looks good from the outsider's perspective you know and he goes through the whole Mm. thing where he's like okay well if i can't be a model now then i'll be a photographer and then i'll date models and then i'll become a model you know it's like he has all these like grand uh thoughts of what he can be but he just doesn't know who he is at all and that cold open you mentioned is such a it, it cuts right to the jugular He's trying to find it. That's a Hannah Montana take right there. <laughs> Here we are being like, we don't get Tom. We we've been criti- we've been critical of Tom sometimes. Um, just his behavior with women, I think sometimes deserved, but that's a Hannah Montana mic drop. Well, I the, I, I hate to always say like it's of the times or whatnot. Like comedy just 15 years ago was very, very, very different, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, totally. I, I can't imagine what a writer's room feels and sounds like now versus back then and it wasn't that long ago but um it's just having more discussions of like does this have like long-term like sort of factor and yeah totally yeah i feel like but i like that take on tom i like the idea of like he's he's constantly like how does this look i also love donna playing getting to play the game and getting to do it better than him with the hat being like i'm a hunter whatever her line is uh, that Retta delivers so perfectly. Uh, Tom's all over the place this episode, uh, but I, I, um, yeah, that's I, I like that take of Tom, and I feel like I'm going to look at it through that filter moving forward. Honestly, yeah, I feel like in, in thinking broadly too about like Mike Schur shows and, and their evolution, it does feel. Uh, I think we talk a lot in comedy about not punching down, and I think over time in Mike Schur shows we see where maybe his blind spots are getting him correcting mistakes from previous shows. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. him seeing more and more clearly evolving with the times in a way that maybe other, other creators, I think I see less of, and I think it's a reason why his shows. Well, we talked about yeah, this so, with, yeah. um, uh, whatchamacallit, the good place. Yeah. How the character who's, um, you know, has bad behavior with women on the good place. Mari, have you seen the good place? I I'm not sure. Okay. Oh my gosh, you have not. Okay. As soon as you're done with this, you have to go watch The Good Place. It is incredible. But the character, this is a, you won't understand it enough for this to be a spoiler. (laughs) But the character who is, you know, creepy with women on that eventually gets stuck in some sort of like purgatory of repeating, trying to learn. And it, 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 it just, it is, it is there, there are corrections. But, um, I think this is a funny Tom episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're on a picnic. We're outside without masks. <laughs> yeah, we've made it. It it pretty quickly goes off the rails. And uh, <laughs> once people start 
start showing up. We've got Clarence Carrington. This is an order from oldest and not necessarily grossest, but just slowly, slowly getting younger in terms of the the park director. We have Clarence Carrington. We have David Moser. We have Michael Tansley. And we have our own dear Ron Swanson. And they all show up and are pretty prickly from <laughs> from the first the first moment. Um and it very much, it's like a herding cats moment for Leslie for the first chunk of this episode of just trying to get these four men to a picnic and trying to kind of like interview them one on one. And we've also got while they're they're being prickly to juxtapose it, like we said, we've got. Uh, we, Leslie hires Andy to do every job imaginable throughout this first season or two. Uh, and he's now helping set up the picnic with April. Um, so him and April are running ahead to set up the picnic and they have just a lot of sweet, tender moments, great you know, they're swap. goofing around. Classic sweater swap. Just a great kick it sweater swap. My favorite too is Leslie, uh, Leslie goes, where's the smoked salmon? <laughs> and <laughs> Andy's like, she threw it off the roof. And, April just does like a pout. She goes, hmm, sorry. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, so while they're falling in love, Leslie is falling out of love with bureaucracy. <laughs> nice. Were you That's working like on that? Line. Were you, yeah, were, were you worked up in that one? <laughs> I was not. I knew that it sounded worked on. Uh, I said it like I wrote it down years ago, and I was just waiting for a podcast to say it. Um, but yeah, the men each have their own quirk. Um, yeah, so I'll say the quirk, and Will will say which guy it is. <laughs> feel free to play along at One, home. One, <laughs> feel free. Yeah, this is called... Awful quirk bingo. Uh, one, the oldest one with the crazy eyebrows says it's very sexist. He basically was like, when I taught classes, no women were allowed to teach. And it's quickly revealed just in his class. He keeps uh, mentioning Leslie's menstruation cycle, mm -hmm. which for you, bro for you bros at home, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, and that guy's name is? That's Clarence Carrington, everyone. Big CC. Then there's this guy who doesn't like parks at all. He keeps littering. And he says that he he only switched to parks because Clarence was so old and he thought about to leave. And that guy's name is? That's David Moser, the second oldest. Can you, <laughs> can you tell who takes notes between the two of us? Uh, I don't have a dog. We have <laughs> we have a guy who... He's actually pretty enjoyable for a modern context. Uh, he just thinks weed should be legalized. And uh, he uh, planted marijuana in a lot of the parks. And he apparently smoked a couple blunts before uh, <laughs> this very outing. And his name is? That's Michael Tansley. He, yeah, Michael he also, Tansley. Uh, allegedly smoked or used a taxidermied raccoon as a bong. <laughs> Which sounds like a fun guy, honestly. So my one, where do you think, where where do you breathe in and where does the smoke come out? Do you I think, think about we like all know, Will. Okay. I, think, okay. I think we all know. <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> I grew up in a small Just, town, Mari. I'm not one of your small town, big city... <laughs> you vogue readers <laughs> i feel like actually yeah raccoon bong is more is more my style <laughs> is more of in my my palette 
Um, and was, finally, we have, oh, yeah. you know him, you love him. His main game throughout the picnic is he's just really hungry. <laughs> it's Ron Swanson. Yeah. Um, the picnic falls apart. <laughs> what are we? I mean, how do you guys feel about these about these men? Kill F. Right. Kill F. Mary. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so I think there was a switch at some point between season one and season two with the writing of like not making the people around Leslie feel like make her feel super mm, yes. lame. We noticed that. About, We've talked about, about it. About it is it's almost like you know relating it back to like the office. It's like. Michael Scott is an idiot, but he's still very good at what he does. He's good at sales, and that's why he was there. The people around her can make Leslie make her feel like, like they make her feel lame about it still, but they realize that she's really good at what she does. But the, the, uh, the gaggle of old men, as you said, Hannah, mm-hmm. like they, they definitely just, they don't get it. Like they never wanted to be in her position. They never were grateful for it. They hated it. And they still don't see it as an honor, whereas she sees it as someone as as something that, you know, she wears it as a badge of honor. She wants to do more good. And these people are She's just a reminder of, peop- of, of the people who are going to shut you down for it. Make you feel well, dumb. I think she continues to be shut down by the town or some guests. But I think the change we've seen is they decided to make her capable. So anybody who you know, laugh, you know, points at her and calls her stupid in any way suddenly becomes, you know, bad themselves. We saw in season one, Mark, a lot of the time would be like, you're a nerd, you're this, you're that. And it's just made him, he never redeemed himself fully from that. And so now the people who point at her and say those things are all outside Mm -hmm. forces. I, and and the core people around her have have come to really gain her respect. I think in there's, the work there's something place. really powerful about that, like as as a ensemble. And I I see it a lot with like Always Sunny, where it's like they're always fighting a, amongst each other. But mm-hmm. if anyone else like tries to fight them, then it's all of them against that one person. It's like you can't. We can make fun of our idiot. But you can't, you can't make fun of our idiot. Like we can make fun of our idiot, but not you. Right. And, and I think that that's such a powerful sort of, um, dynamic with, with, with cast. And I, and I feel like that that's, that's the, uh, the switch that we started to see. Not that Ron was really like defending her, but, but by the end of it, Ron was like, mm. you know, he's, but here's he's the thing, it. like, the he, yeah, well, this is the end of the A story is exactly what you're saying, where she gets annoyed with these men. She has nothing to say. She hates the photo that she takes. And her and Ron go out to have breakfast food. And she asks him, like, are we going to hate each other? And he, in a very sweet way, says, I don't think that I don't think so. And then, of course, we have the joke of she, she he'll become city manager and eliminate parks or she'll become city manager and, and expand parks. And there's a line why would people like eat anything other than breakfast food? I don't know that uh, put, uh, we have our listeners write things on papers and put them in their pocket, (laughs) put that line in your pocket and unwrap it in season seven, because there is a 
season two callback to this line. And I just think it's at the end of the day, these are two people who have love for each other and eat breakfast food. And I think that's the end of the A story is like, we, we won't be this line of um, prickly men. Yeah. To me, it, it, it's also sort of thinking about, you know, Parks and Recreation as a show about, about government um, as thinking about for a while in the first season, some of the jokes are at the expense of Leslie's idealism and optimism. Um, but now the fact that she's an optimistic idealist, she assumes the best about these old, these old men and is, is kind of proven wrong in the same way. I think where like, I sort of feel that way about like the American founding fathers where I'm like, Oh, they were all terrible. <laughs> um, and then there's, there's one version of that where it's like, be cynical about everything and adopt, you know, the way the like try to fit it into the existing pattern or do what Leslie does and choose this new way and write this optimistic welcome letter towards a world that doesn't exist yet, but that she wants to literally create, you know? And I think that's, we missed a yeah. really key thing. Yeah. I, I love that. But in order to tie up the A story, I realized we missed that Andy <laughs> essentially asks April out for, to grab a drink oh. and they go to the bar and in a very painful way, she gets rejected because she's 20. And there's just, he go, he decides to go home. And it's so heartbreaking because we've watched her, you know, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. She was obviously too embarrassed to like admit that she was 20 before this very horrible moment. But Leslie, who found out about April's crush in the possum when April told her, does I think one of the kindest things where she when she hands April the magazine, she has this look of not only did I solve my problem, but I did something for my friend. It's the key. It's the it's the key, Leslie, where she she's decided that the cover instead of the old men are going to be April and Andy looking happy on this picnic. And April gets to see that there's love there, despite the embarrassing moment. We see Andy seeing the magazine. We see Anne. We'll get to her in a second, <laughs> seeing the magazine. But I just think this is what it's at the heart of it. It's not just that she loves Parks more than these men. It's that she loves the people around her. She loves Ron. She loves April enough to know exactly what she needs. It's just... I love this episode. I, I also <laughs> it's love how at its best. something yeah. as simple as, you know... <laughs> Cracking open a, a cardboard box full of these uh, catalogs and everyone being ha uh, passed out these catalogs like they have their private moments of when they're looking at it. And it's such mm -hmm. a simple thing to cut to different people having the moment of what it means to them to to look through a catalog like this. But I think it comes back to it's the small things that matter. And the minute yep. things, the boring things, and that it's the office. That's, that's what they that do so well. They do it so so well. Well, it's you love the office. So I'm going to keep bringing up the office. The last line: "There's beauty in ordinary things." And we see Pam's framed photo, uh, framed drawing of the building. Well, this this magazine cover, this little catalog cover, ends up on Andy's shoe shine stand for quite a while. I think that like. Sometimes Parks and Rec versus the versus the Office. The Office, you know, is a very grounded, ordinary world with wild characters, whereas Parks and Rec is kind of a crazy world as well. But I think this episode kind of grounds itself in those 
in the in the relationships. I think this is. Uh, I just love this episode. Uh, rewatching it, I just am like, oh, there's so many little moments. Go, going back to the uh, the breakfast moment, you know, it's like you see mm-hmm. you see Leslie having her um her well, her waffles with the with cream, yeah, you know, and and he's having his his usual bacon, Marta, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like you see the difference in these people, and I feel like it. For for me personally, it reminds me of a time where people could have very opposing views, and to that, to me, like they're like very, very clearly like a Republican and a de- and a Democrat being a able libertarian, to but yeah, sit down, have breakfast, know that they have opposing, um, uh, you know, a lot of different like differing opinions about things, but they can still come together and have a have a wonderful meal together and. At a time where things are so volatile, um, it's it's a nice reminder of like what what it could be and what it can be and what we can hope for. Um, yeah, it kind of feels like that's what a catalog is, right? It's like best case scenario. Like here's an ideal, like an idealized version of the world. You know, like judge, like do ju- judge this book by its cover. You know, these are the parks. So this is like best case scenario. Um, but it but it's also because it's so personal in this, you know, because it's Andy and April, it, yeah, it feels like, uh, like sort of a hope towards, I think, um, this, this dream, which isn't this crazy, you know, it's not this wildly unattainable dream. It's actually just like finding someone else, finding, finding someone and having them love you back could Mm be, uh, could be attainable, like could be possible, even if just like, the night before at the bar, it was like, oh, this is impossible. This will never happen. This is the worst night of my life. <laughs> like, life is over. Um, yeah, it's a very sweet episode. I've called Ron and Les- uh, Leslie the heart of the show. And I think they continue to be. But I think we've added some valves in uh, <laughs> April and Andy. I want to get to the B story real quick. And then we'll just open up the the talk a little bit. But I actually like this B story. Um, it's, you know... Again, I don't usually enjoy a Mark Brandanowitz storyline. It it often feels pigeonholed in. But I think what I like about this Mark and Anne and I guess um, Tom storyline is it, it faces a reality that's sort of been under the surface. So uh, it, Tom decides he's going to use April and Mark as uh, models. And they're going to take some pictures with a kid in a swing in order to try to make the cover a thing. And uh, I thought it was very telling that, like, so uh, Tom tricks Mark and um, and uh, Anne into coming into his office, and Mark wants to take the photos, and Anne doesn't. She's been through a twelve-hour shift. I just want to highlight this again. <laughs> She's being forced after twelve, and so Mark is like, "Well, we have no photos of us. We should do it." Uh, and then I thought it was especially funny when it's like, well, what are you going to do with your like photos of the two of you and a kid? But <laughs> it's, true. it's a very simple B story. It's just they're trying to take a photo and Anne looks miserable in all the photos. And that's the discovery. Yeah. That she's probably miserable in the relationship. Oh, not to forget that it's their six months anniversary. And Mark goes to the hospital and brings her a chicken salad sandwich and says, don't worry about not getting me anything. She brings out a Swiss army knife for him so not only did he bring her the lamest gift and then try to shame her because he didn't think she got him anything 
she like totally got him an awesome present and he got her a chicken. There's just a lot of clarity. I think if you haven't picked up on the fact <laughs> that they're not in in sync, this episode highlights it. Was was there a switch in tone? Uh, like, was Mark Brandon was was he supposed yes. to be like the Jim Helper where we're all rooting for him? And then did it switch to Andy? Like, what 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 happened? Yeah. So here's what we've discussed. I'll kind of boil it down. But we've talked on this podcast about yeah. Initially, he's supposed to be the sort of like like if Jim doesn't really care about office things um, and sort of looks into the camera, that was his initial thing. But they got a couple, they got a bunch of things wrong. One thing they got wrong, which I mentioned, is that if you look into the camera and go, this is stupid, it works if you're dealing with Michael Scott. It doesn't work if you're dealing with Leslie Nope, Mm. who's now developed into this uh, capable, beloved person. Uh, He also had this romantic thing with her that he forgot they hooked up. I never personally recovered from that line. other than the fact that I just think um, John Krasinski is so charming in his um, in his ways, and John Krasinski's also pa- or sorry, Jim Helpert's passionate about Pam. Mark is not for a while passionate about anything. Will did I cover all the various things we think they got wrong uh, with? I think he was a version of that that because of a few shifts missed the mark. Yeah, what what was your take <laughs> missed on the mark, mark on your first? first binge earlier this year, Mari. Yeah. I I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be rooting for him or not, or if there mm. was like a, a sudden shift. I, I wasn't sure if like, like Andy is such a likable character. He's also kind of just like the, the funny guy and, and um, just so much more palatable as a character. So I, I was a little bit confused if Mark was written to not be likable from the, from the, from the get go. Honestly, we think that it was like there were a few missteps. Also, the show changed. It became about people who were really passionate about things. Leslie being at the helm of that. And so to be apathetic in this world doesn't make you special or funny. It just makes you a little exhausting. Yeah. It's also like bad government isn't... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was saying bad government isn't funny, (laughs) as we've Mm. learned. (laughs) I think it's like uh, maybe in the first season, more jokes were about like government not working. And then the show began to shift towards like, what if there's someone who's trying desperately to make it work? And that feels like a thing that we can all like, I feel like there's the a reason why you see, work. you know, even like we've had talked to some politicians who listen to the show who who point towards Leslie as an actual role model about like smaller local government. And I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's the same reason people like the show. but. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> I like I just feel like he didn't he's just not a memorable character. He doesn't really have a quirk that I remember and I don't know if it if it's uh reflective of like the writing, but I feel like everyone else you kind of you can almost like fill out like a like a filter. Like a, they have a filter. I don't yeah, like if if you were given a personality quiz and you had to answer it from a perspective of a character, I feel like Almost everyone has a very, very specific tone. And for Mark, like, I kind of like, and, and maybe this is yeah. just because I have just one w- watch through of it, but I kind of come no, up. Empty. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I was going to do a prank BuzzFeed quiz where everybody would, no matter what you answered, you would end up with Mark Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> 
You make um, everyone have a complex. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm Mark. <laughs> but I just think it's, I think he, I think the situation is funny. Obviously, Tom has to say one inappropriate thing when he says, let's do a nude photo at the end. But it ends with just this kind of not even really a button. It's just like, do you want to go to dinner? And she's clearly miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think he, he picks up on it. it. That's such a, I feel like that is, Mario, you're talking about like relating to some of, of Tom's like drive being like, uh, you know, not, not the word that comes to mind is like aimlessly ambitious, <laughs> which is a fair, but just be like, I know I'm supposed to do and be something in someone because everything around me tells me that I'm supposed to, but is this right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I think I relate to, to like, just that feeling of looking back at photos from a time in your life, maybe not that same day, <laughs> but looking back immediately after, you know, looking back a few years and be like, oh, I wasn't happy then. Or like, oh, these, these weren't my friends. Like, that's such a relatable mm-hmm. feeling of, of seeing yourself wearing a mask, maybe that you don't realize you're wearing. Interesting. But you should be wearing a mask now. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's interesting. But also, yeah, some people don't take good pictures, and that's okay, too, if you're feeling, <laughs> if you're worried. If you just got off of a 12-hour nursing shift, yeah, mm-hmm. wouldn't you um, be upset, too? No, I just think, like, we. this has been, like, a very subtle, realistic breakdown. We, we were, we've mm-hmm. talked, Mari, about how the Mark and Anne falling out of love isn't some... I mean, it actually, in a future episode, will be a bit of more of a dramatic event. But usually in a comedy like this, it'd be like, he did this crazy thing, and that's why. But we've sort of watched them realize the characters aren't happy, and Mark, you know, and, and sort of naturally let them discover it. Mark is just kind of like the, uh, like the personification of settling, I feel like. It's just like when, when you're kind of like meh about everything. That kind of is Mark. Mm. Except that we're also reminded that early on he was a big player who knows all the women (laughs) from the bars. We're constantly reminded of that as well. It'd be one thing. That was the other thing when we talk about Jim, a huge misstep. Jim is a nerd, ultimately. Him and Dwight are nerds together. Jim, yes, women like him throughout the series and maybe he doesn't do well with them. But he's the kind of nerd who falls in love and is very tunnel visioned. Mark is not, Mark has never been in a relationship, has this sort of like what's supposed to be nerdily endearing, like I got you a chicken sandwich, but he's also like dated around a ton and like they checked out his Facebook and look at all the women. Like it's, it it hits a lot. He was written to be likable. It's, it's, you know. Yeah. I I don't think that he had redeeming qualities where we were supposed to say, that's our guy. Like, that's the guy we're rooting for. I really think he was supposed to be the straight man to Leslie Nopes, Michael Scott, and she changed and the show changed and he didn't change with it. Mm. I also think Uh, that this episode is a great one for sort of the conversation between the A and the B stories in that um, it's in the A story we see Andy and April on a day that is full of things that could be very not fun and they like find the fun and the joy and mm-hmm. make it the day that they want to have and then mm-hmm. in a way like Mark and Anne are set up in a similar situation and could 
And I think we see Mark like trying to choose the fun, you know, or like having fun or goofing around and, and wanting to be there. And so I think that's another thing that I really love about this episode is just seeing seeing A and B in conversation like that, I think is like a foil mm. to each other and really throws. And then watching Anne really, see yeah. the magazine cover. Yeah. I think there's a very direct connection where none of her photos, they looked happy. And Andy and April took a random snapshot. And it's the it's the picture of the cover of love. Mm. Uh, I think there's, yeah, just to add on, it's literally, you can't take a photo where you look happy. We accidentally took one. I don't know whose child Bobby is as well. That really bothered me. I'm like, who the heck is Bobby? Why? <laughs> like, who is this kid? Why is he running around getting juice boxes for Tom? That really was, I was worried. I feel like speaking from as like a small town representative, whenever we would make yes. little movies in Arkadelphia, I think it's more culturally acceptable to to just, uh, you know, child labor laws are are looser. No one's a member of any unions. It was... It was the late nineties. You, <laughs> you say, just "Hey, get kid, you want to make two dollars?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come pose in this picture. <laughs> we would pay. It's yeah. great exposure. We would usually pay an experience. Exposure, you know, this yes, is going to yes, be yes. great for your reel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think it, it goes back to manufactured or not, right? And mm. Like a- Andy and um, and uh, a- and and April were just like they were able to just live and 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 be mm. natural and that's that's what it came out to be and i think ann and mark are still in a position where they're trying to do whatever they can to make it make puzzle pieces fit when they actually don't fit together mm. um but if you're feeling worried about ann listener at this point in the podcast don't worry because <laughs> literally just around the river bend <laughs> is something amazing um Gosh, I just love this episode, though. I uh, I feel like the more the more we get into the episodes that are my favorite, which is going to be each episode <laughs> as we get into like season three, it's going to be hard not to just be like, and then this line I love, and then this look I love. We're going to spend forty minutes talking about a two second look. <laughs> yeah, the look felt around the world. Beautiful. I think to uh, thinking about Mark and Anne, not to talk a relationship to death, but part of it is feel like they, in both of their minds, like they make sense on paper as a relationship where it's to each other. You'd be like, oh, actually, like no this complaints. Is, yeah, she no said, complaints here. And Valentine's Day, yeah. And and then April and Andy are, are sort of the opposite, you know, mm-hmm. of just like this. This doesn't make sense, and this isn't. This wouldn't be convenient or logical or at all practical to do, um, but but it, it's real. Whereas maybe the other one isn't. Um, ugh, yeah. What a cool, subtle way to to say that without shoving it in your face. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Yeah, I think I think also that we were reminded of that right after, like this really bittersweet moment at the bar you know like i think we're i just love that we're given that right after feeling like oh horrible mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes it horrible yeah. i also love the line she hands the guy her id and he goes you're 20 and she goes the confidence confuses people sometimes 
Um, but we want to make this podcast feel like you've just watched an episode with friends where we have our friend Mari here, but we want to include you, our friend, the listener. Um, because we have Mari here, we're going to announce the raffle winner, Woo. the next podcast. But the raffle is now closed. We had people send in five-star review screenshots, and we're going to... Um, pick someone's name. We got a lot of submissions of both you and your friends and someone will get to be an expert segment on the podcast, whoever gets picked. Uh, But thank you. Keep sending in those five-star reviews. We'll do another fun thing like that again. Remember, if you want to call into our town halls, our Pawnee Public Radio town halls, you can go to speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio, tweet at us at Radio Pawnee, email us, uh, Town Hall at PawneePublicRadio.com. So let's get to some of these speak pipes. Starting with, I believe, Anonymous 138. Summer Catalog. Uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes, or at least early season episodes, because I love Indian April. And that photo that they use just literally makes my heart clench in happiness. And I think it's such a cute episode. We also see some amazing character development from Ron uh, and the Ron-Leslie relationship, which, as we all know, is the heart of the show. I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it some more. And I just can't believe that we are so few episodes away from the literally best characters arriving in the show. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Yeah. I love when the listeners just echo how we feel. (laughs) I'm... Literally. Literally. Literally echo. I really hope your heart is not literally clenching, though. <laughs> <laughs> that image literally freaked me you, out. You know uh, what it is, though? It's it's not even like how cute the picture is on the cover. It's April, yeah. like, looking at it and then knowing, like, just that look she gives the camera, like, as if she, she knows that someone caught her looking at it endearingly. And I think that... Like the teenager in all of us is like, yeah, I've been there. Like, yeah. <laughs> also to really like dig into the friggin' mizon scene of this <laughs> this photo, it's like Andy is looking into the camera and April is looking at Andy in the photo, and there's something about like, oh, maybe maybe this is the first time that Andy will see April looking at him and see the look for what it is after after this like Barnett at Tucker's. Like, I think the picture mm-hmm. captures a moment of a thing that April has been keeping, like, you know, kind of secret from Andy or hasn't come out and, and expressed her feelings, but it, like, speaks more than a thousand words. <laughs> it's, like, obvious yes. that she's into him. And that's, I'm that's sorry. a good picture. And I have to, yeah. <laughs> and I have to say it again. Like, Leslie's look while she hands April the magazine knowing what she's done, that in the end, she always makes the choice to do something good for her friend. Basically, all the looks. (laughs) (laughs) Read between the looks. Uh, Thank you for calling in. Our next voicemail is number 139, Connor Young, from our Connor Club. We have like six Connors call in, Mari. Hey, Hannah, Will, and Mari. This is Connor Young calling from Norman, Oklahoma. In this episode, both Leslie and Ron talk about wanting to be the city manager, so I thought it'd be good to do a ranking of which one would be the best, and we'll include a hypothetical third option that might become city manager in the future. So how would you rank Leslie, Ron, and hypothetical third option for city manager? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. 
I think Ron would just cut everything as city manager. <laughs> I think he needs to be in last place. Yeah, I think it would be kind of like a uh, him him sort of like creating his own little <laughs> his own nation <laughs> that mm-hmm. has that has very very few laws. Probably all of like the wild plantings of marijuana would flourish. You know, ultimately Michael <laughs> Tamsley or whatever would get what he wanted. <laughs> In a, a very libertarian pony, um, that in a matter of time, I think time he would, would rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would rent out city hall to different like local vendors, and it would just all be privatized. <laughs> yeah, the town would look like a NASCAR jacket from outer space. You know, it would just be yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's everywhere. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but he has Last- my vote. So, so oh, he's in first for you. Yeah, I I vote. I would love to have a beer with Ron. He's got my vote. <laughs> it seems like he, he's a guy that you can like have a beer with. Yeah. Leslie, there's just something about her that I just don't get. Um, I think Leslie would say yes to everything as city manager. At least the Leslie of season two. I think future Leslie learns some lessons. Mm-hmm. And I feel like future Ron does too. Leslie learns about having to, you know... But I think the Leslie in season two would be a, a, a yes. I, she, there'd be a lot of projects. She would, she would be a yes, I can do it all. And I think she yes. realizes as the seasons go that just pick her battles. I think my vote is for a hypothetical third option, who is literally <laughs> peeking his head into the <laughs> podcast now, ready to give it a whirl. <laughs> so Jones in for, for future apps. <laughs> No, I'm living in this one. I'm loving it. Uh, Connor Young, thank you for calling in. Our next voicemail is anonymous. Hey, Hannah and Will. Happy New Year now that it's the new year. I'm having real trouble uh, recording sports guy's dad here on SpeakPipe, but it's my phone. Don't worry. Uh, Okay. First, Alabama is not Auburn. Tommy Tuberville was the coach of Auburn. The Citrus Bowl is Northwestern against Auburn. You guys have Northwestern, we'll assume, since you had not beating Alabama, for God's sake. Alabama is playing a, in the BCS Tournament Bowl Championship Series, and they are they and Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson are all playing in that. And so the question is, who is your pick to win that? Uh Meanwhile, uh, I watched the episode, not that I always study them as hard, but boy, were those rickety old former park commissioners just like rickety old former football coaches, kind of not very decent folk, Leslie found out, I guess. Anyway, who's going to win the BCS? The first game will have already been played, but the championship will be coming up uh, the weekend after this airs. Hopefully this worked. Bye. Thanks, Dad. Sports Guy Dad, spinoff podcast, Sports Guy's Dad, uh, will be uh, <laughs> dropping shortly. Uh, Mari, who's going to win the BCS football championship? Uh, I, I have to give to Auburn. Is that one of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Auburn was the other thing. 
<laughs> it's Alabama, Clemson, mm. Ohio State. Oh, like I said, it's Notre Alabama, Dame. Hannah. Uh, you know, yeah. if you look at the statistics from the from the the full season, it's it's a. They, they they will clinch the win. Is that are these sports words? They're yeah, clinching the clinch win. Clearly, we brought <laughs> I we brought on a guest. <laughs> Watching we them, brought on them. a guest to also clinching. <laughs> love sports. Who do you think is going to clinch the win? Will I'm I'm going with <clears throat> I'm going double or nothing on on Mari's bet. Um, it was a I'm bet, not a prediction. Right? <laughs> We're putting a little. It's a bet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going triple or double on Mari's bet. Okay, great. <laughs> I really need uh, this Dad, one. Dad, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed the episode and uh, connected it. Yeah, uh, all our money is invested on the BCS football championship. So let's get her done. Um, <laughs> our last voicemail is from Anonymous, number 142. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. And hi, Mari. So happy you're there to be the guest star co-host on this New Year's podcast. It just makes this podcast even better. Anyway, I really liked uh, the episode today. I especially like the fact that Mark Brendanowitz and Anne will be no more. They can't even take a good photo together. They don't look happy together. And I am so pleased that Andy and April make the cover of the Summer Catalog. I guess my other favorite part about this episode is the fact that Leslie Nope is thinking big, and she's not going to be the director of Parks and Rec. She's going to be the city manager. Foreshadows things to go to come. Anyway, Happy New Year, and I just really enjoy listening to your thoughts and what you liked the most about this episode. Thanks, Mom. Mari, she's very excited to have you on. I like that that's the like the the bar for are you unhappy in your relationship? Try to take a photo and if you're if you can't take a happy photo, it's over. Well, I think Will nailed it though, right? Like it's it's the simple fact of like a a a, a picture What is it? A picture says a thousand words. What is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 1000 words per picture. I think that's the that's the ratio. <laughs> 1000 words per picture. Yeah, I mean it it, it paints um almost well, how a, a blurry a, picture. I don't know, like um, a, it's kind of an obvious thing if you if you break it down too much, but it it also is quite beautiful, I think. That you know, like again, going back to Andy and uh April's picture, it was so nonchalant in the way that they took it and and that's what is seen as beautiful and pure and good mari and i have only ever taken very happy looking photos together is that true silence <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> did you did you it was it was um dramatic pause is what i was doing <laughs> no i don't think it was dramatic pause you specifically said the word silence <laughs> Our next town hall is in the form of an email. The title is Summer Catalog. Um, And it's from Connor R. Hey, Hannah, Will, and Mari. This is Connor R. from California this time, not Washington. I just wanted to provide some backstory on the Keith situation. Like Will said last week, if you're listening, Keith, watch your back. So we play a lot of games together, Secret, H, Among Us, etc. And as anyone who plays games, such as yourselves, would know, they should be ta- all taken deeply personal. 
So when Keith lied to me, he became dead to me. That's pretty much it. Also, as a side note, I love Mari's song about sodium and chloride salty. I still think about it when I get mad. Sorry this email had nothing to do with the episode, but I think we all know that old men suck. <laughs> love y'all. Bye. Connor R. Sent from his iPhone. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not so much that old men suck. It's just it's a very different world. And I got to say, it's probably really, really difficult for him to be like, wait, what? I can't say that anymore. Wait a minute. Hold on. I've been saying this thing my whole life. What do you mean it's not PC? What do you mean? You know, it's like, I, I, I also... Mari relates to the old men. Is the I just like, have empathy for for you know like a, like telling an eighty five year old guy like hey you can't call like random people like sweetheart you know it's just like but that eighty five year old's like I've been doing it for sixty five years of my life you know it's like yeah, it's got to be difficult but people can always change. People can Are always you happy learn. Connor listens to your song whenever he gets mad? Yes. <laughs> well, I think we also, you know, to keep to keep PPR out of an ageism lawsuit that we're that is constantly brewing for us. You know, oh, I, we can't blanket statement say that that old men suck, but mm-hmm. I do think this one. The reason the old men in this episode suck. Is like they're all still having the same arguments. That's it for me. Is it's like, oh right, like they haven't changed since mm. they were the park trick. Like their age has nothing to do with it. It's like, oh, they're they're stuck and they're stuck because they're all in their own way are like yes, kind of yes, selfish yes. and like frozen in time and frozen in a like the what is his name Clarence <laughs> the um, the oldest of the bunch. We're we're kind of like um, reminded when he's talking to Leslie that he's always sucked. <laughs> Where it's like he was bad for his time, you know. It's like he was. Yeah, yeah. she said. She like, said women I thought were allowed yeah. to teach classes, <laughs> and he yeah. goes, "Not in my class." I think that's a really good lesson. It's it's not it's it's getting stuck in your own ways and not evolving. That mm-hmm. is the that is the true enemy. You know, that's that's the thing that we all want to avoid is being too stuck also, in our Keith, own ways. If you're if you're yeah. listening. I hope you guys aren't having this same fight in 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Or else you and Keith Connor are these old men. Maybe we can. Yeah. Maybe this could be. I know we just Think missed it, but a little Christmas that. Carol Scrooge moment. We'll send the ghosts your way. They'll take care of it. So finally, the best way to uh, get us to read your words aloud on our podcast is to write in a five-star review. We have our raffle announcement winner next week, but uh, keep writing them in. There'll be use for them. If not for you, definitely for us. And uh, I rate the listeners five stars, uh, but that's not the review. Mari's going to read today's review and who it's from. This one is from Unsuccess Story, title being Love This, five stars. PPRP is the audio hug you haven't been getting during COVID. That's mm. lovely. <laughs> What a wonderful, poetic, simple, one-sentence one review. But man, the audio hug you haven't been getting during COVID. It's also a reminder that- We're all audio hugging you. Yeah. Audio right hug now. someone you love today. <laughs> it's easy. Mm-hmm. Send someone an mm-hmm. audio hug. <laughs> ah. Mari, ah. If, if Parks and Rec was a video game, what kind of- Would it be- You think it's RPG? You think you play as a character? 
Is it a, what are they called? Climbers, a platformer? Oh, man. I, I, I kind of want to see it from like Leslie's perspective. And um, I want to see it like 8-bit where, where she's going through all the levels and, and it's just <laughs> bureaucracy. Like she has to like slap away. Uh, there, there's red tape everywhere that she has to like claw through. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of Mark Brandanowitzes getting in her way. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be fun. I, I kind of want to see like a like a eight bit side scroller, like nineties style. I'd play, yeah, especially because the show I itself would definitely was, play. It was always like almost in danger of getting canceled. I feel like that could be a part of the game where it could be like, yeah. Sean, if you're listening to this, Sean Yanell, who's made some fun art, and you want to draw up <laughs> Leslie Note as a uh, video game nineties style character, we will take it. Or if any other artists. Or non-artists uh, <laughs> want to try that. That is very fun. Oh, Mar, it's just such a treat having you here. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Hannah Montana double <laughs> life to come on here and talk about for an hour, over an hour, what one look means. Oh. I would do that with you any day. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. If the listeners want to find you, I know you're all over the internet, but what 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 should they currently tune in to see? Uh, yeah, you can find me on the internet at Atomic Mari, M-A-R-I. And uh, I recently uh, went live with a short action, live action film. Um, on my YouTube channel at Atomic Mari. Um, and otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch. Amazing. Mara, is there, are there any last thoughts that you have about Parks and Rec moving forward that we should track or this episode or just uh, how great our photos are? Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of characters that um, I, I get excited about coming through. I love... Uh, Billy Eichner, like <laughs> Billy on the Street, I think is it w- was a show that I really enjoyed, and I I feel like there's a little part of me, there's a little Billy, like just constantly yelling somewhere <laughs> in my brain, and I just hear him. Um, so yeah, no, but if you're waiting for Billy, it's gonna be a minute. Just a heads up, to <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a minute because there's so you know, like literally, so many good characters coming up. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Happy New Year. Yes, thank you. Almost. Happy Same. New Year. Yeah, 2021, guys. <laughs> What's your New Year's resolution? Uh, you know, I think you nailed it, Hannah. It's it's just it's just make it through. Make it through it. Be happy and and do what you can to to just get through each day. I had this thought. This is this is real. <laughs> I. I had this thought that in the past, so many of my New Year's resolutions were like uh, all about self-improvement in order to get to self-acceptance. And this year, I think you got to have self-acceptance and then you can improve yourself later. That's what I'm thinking about. What a great day outside. That's that's deep. That's deep. (laughs) I'm going to carry that with me. I'm going to put that in my little pocket. I'm going to carry that with me for the rest of the day. (laughs) My New Year's resolution is more poop outside, less in the apartment for my dog, not for me. That'd be a weird one if it was for me. Yeah, you got to reverse it for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird brain, double standard for, uh, for puppies. 
on on these New Year's resolution notes, let's go out with some New Year's fireworks sound effects. And uh, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Fireworks. Fireworks.